I'm in a series today talking about the 26 healing miracles of Jesus. I think Jesus' healing miracles need to be reemphasized more and more. The healing ministry of Jesus seems like to me has been set aside, and I want to put more emphasis on it in the days ahead. I think that's something that the Lord's assigned me to do. You know, during Jesus' earthly ministry, he performed miracles by doing three things. He spoke, he commanded, and he touched people. He transformed the lives of thousands of people, as we see recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There were eyewitnesses that gave detailed uh, healing accounts of what Jesus did, especially with the book of Mark recording the most detailed of these miracles. As you look over the book of Matthew chapter 9, Matthew chapter 9, verse number 35, it says this. this to me, these verses of Scripture really capture the healing ministry of Jesus so beautifully. Of course, a lot of uh, people emphasize these last couple of verses of this, but I want to emphasize all of it. In Matthew 9, 35, it says, Jesus went about all the cities. Would you underline that word all with me? All the cities and all the villages. That means he went everywhere that he could, teaching in their synagogues or in their churches. He was preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and he was doing what? He was healing, watch this, every sickness and every disease. In the New King James, it says the word twice, using the word every. It says every sickness and every disease among the people. And then verse 36 sort of clarifies this beautifully when he says, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. Just pause for a minute and think about this. Jesus was moved for compassion. Again, people in that time frame did not have the medical things that we have today, did not have many of the things that you and I have, of course, that we have accessibility to. And he was what? He was moved with compassion because they were weary physically, they were scattered mentally, and they were like a shepherd. They, had, they, were, they were like sheep with no shepherd. They had no guidance. They had no direction. Jesus saw the whole person. And he said to the disciples, which is a classic verse of Scripture, which is true. He says, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth, send out laborers into his harvest. Of course, Jesus has given a mandate for us to go reach people. But my point with that is, looking at verse 35, 36, and 37, especially 35 and 36, you see the compassion of Jesus. You see how moved he was in wanting to heal and help people. And he hasn't changed today. Over in the book of John, John chapter, uh, the last book of John, excuse me, in the book of John, look over there in John chapter uh, 21, verse 25. This is at the end of this book. It says a statement that's powerful. And again, I just want to bring this to your attention because uh, the, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John uh, do not record all the miracles of Jesus because it says right here in John chapter 20, uh, 20, 21, verse 25, it says, and it says this, and there were also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, notice that phrase, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. So ladies and gentlemen, we see some things here about Jesus' ministry to me that are beautiful. I think that the mandate on this message, this series, is a book I'm writing called The 26 Miracles of Jesus in the New Testament. I think they record two specific purposes about Jesus' ministry. Number one, Jesus wanted to set people free from the curse of sickness and disease. When he was in this mandate with his compassion and passion for people, he wanted people to have freedom. Jesus has never changed that, even though there's a lot of emphasis today on freedom as far as, you know, to be born again, first of all, and freedom of our mind and our body, and all that is healing. But I want you to know, it has not changed our Savior and our Lord's mandate to see people free. And back then, to see people free from sickness and disease, he wants to see people free from sickness and disease today. I know a lot of people misunderstand that. A lot of ministers miscommunicate that. But 
But again, I'm here today and in this message, in this series, to simply point out what's recorded here in the 26 miracles of Jesus and show you some examples of that as we go on. So number one, he wanted people free. Everybody say free, please. Free from the curse of sickness and disease. There is a bondage when you're sick. There's a bondage when you're dealing with the disease. Is there not? And he wanted to see people free from those things. Number two, Jesus wanted to demonstrate that he was the son of man as well as the son of God. Now, that's the whole message within itself, so I'm not going to really take the time to really break that down. But that goes back to Genesis. When Adam gave away the right, the privilege of having authority in this earth, when he surrendered his will to the will of the snake or to the serpent or to Satan, he gave away a beautiful Thing that Jesus came to give us back, and that is in this body as a man, as a woman, as a human being, we have authority. We have authority. We have an image that we're created in the image of God, and we have the right and the privilege to represent the Lord in the earth. And I think that's the beauty of Jesus, not just appearing and being the Son of God, but He was born the Son of a woman, and He was born through the womb of a woman, and therefore He was as well as the Son of Man as He was the Son of God. And again, that is for you and I to be able to live our lives as an example, pattern, and model and follow him as a man or a woman of God. Jesus was also extremely sensitive to the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Over in the book of Luke, let's look at Luke chapter 6, verse 17. Here's another classic example of Jesus' compassion for people. But I want to point something out to you. Jesus is extremely sensitive to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And uh, you say, well, that was Jesus. Well, Jesus, again, he did not, and there's nothing recorded as far as miracles and his relationship with the Holy Spirit until he was 30 years old. Jesus never did a miracle. At 30, he began his earthly ministry. He could have began it at 20, could he have not? He was just as much the son of man and son of God at 20 as he was at 30. But he began his ministry at 30 and changed the world in 36 months. Look what it says here in Luke chapter 6, verse 17. Luke 6, 17. Luke 6, 17 states this, And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude, a great multitude of people. Notice that. So uh, notice this is a large group of people. And it says that they were from Judea and Jerusalem, from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. And they all came to hear, and notice the phrase in verse 17, and to be healed of all their, to be healed of their diseases. So people were not only coming to see Jesus, not only to witness who he was, this man, this movement, but they were coming to also do what? To receive healing to receive freedom, to receive the impartation of who he was. And it says in verse 18, look at this, as well as those who were what tormented with unclean spirits and they were healed. So Jesus in his ministry, he also exercised the ability and the right that we have as believers through him, not ourselves. And that is to have authority over our enemy and the authority over the devil. And it says clearly in verse number 19, and the whole multitude, everybody say the whole multitude. The whole multitude sought to touch him. Can you imagine all that was going on? The pressing in, the seeking, the wanting, the desperation. And it says that all the multitude, the whole multitude sought to touch him for the power that went out from him. And he, what, what's the last phrase of verse number 19? And he healed some of them. No, it says he healed them all. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to encourage you with that. Our Jesus is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we're going to talk about that in just a couple of minutes, about that, him not changing. But over in the book of Acts, another portion of Scripture, Acts 10, 38. Now this is, again, this is in the book of Acts. This is not in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But notice what it captures about Jesus in Acts 10, 38. Check this out. 
Because I think this is important for you to, to have refreshed in your mind, your memory, and to understand the Lord and the Savior that we serve today who has not changed. He is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's the reason why I want to talk about this. He, uh, Acts 10, 38, notice what it says. And God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all. Everybody say healing all, please. Healing all, healing all who are what? Notice this phrase in here. They were oppressed by the devil. So who brings sickness and disease in our lives? What does sickness and disease origins come from? I think it's demonic oppression. I'll never forget back in the year of, uh, of 2000, I was in Albuquerque, New Mexico with my friend, um, Mr. Rick Savage, his own Metatrend Inc., and he was doing research studies on cancer and his Dr. Galen Knight and how cancer moves through the body. And we were there at his research facilities, and uh, I was preaching at Oasis Family Church with Terry Matthews, who's been here several times, and we will have Pastor Terry back in the future. Anyway, we were over there on a Saturday morning, and uh, I, he wanted me to have a couple hours, and Pastor Terry said, yeah, go over there and spend some time with him. I really like Rick. He's a, just a tremendous man of God. But anyway, we had these huge screens. This was back in 2000. Now, this is 22 years ago. We had these huge screens, very similar to actually the ones that are behind me or to my right and to my left. And we had these huge screens on there, and we were watching. He was showing me how cancer cells move in the body. And we were watching this and, and, and demonstrating all this. And I'll never forget Dr. Galen Knight. He came over there, and he had this pointer thing. He's pointing the screens, and we were watching these cells and how they were attacking the human body. And he looked at me, and again, this is him saying it, not me. This is Dr. Galen Knight, uh, uh, a research scientist. And he looked at me, and he said, cancer is demonic. Now, I want you to look in the next 20 to 30 minutes, and I'm going to show you different examples and different cells of different people, how it moves through the body, how it moves to attack things. And uh, from that day to this day, I know now what Jesus was referring, what they were referring to Jesus, how it says in Acts 10:38, how he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I mean, cancer, any other disease, you'll see the oppressiveness that it brings in a person's life and what it does to a person's body. Even my own dear friend, Pastor Bill Krause, I mean, he preached here his last message, the first of this year. He was diagnosed, uh, he was here that Sunday, diagnosed that Saturday. He was never in the pulpit again, never ministered again publicly. And uh, he just came to a point where fighting that disease, he just asked the Lord, you know, to come get him. And the Lord did and within 24 hours and the rest is history. Yes, I thought he would live. I, yes, I thought he would beat this disease. Yes, I thought I was standing for his healing, but I did not know he prayed that prayer until I got that phone call. And when I got that phone call, I mean, Jesus honored that and he was gone less than 24 hours. My point with all that is, is I kept trying to talk to him. He would call me week after week. I would not call him, but he called me. But I knew what that disease was doing. I knew the warfare that was going on. I knew what it was having an effect on his body. And I was being as compassionate and as, you know, interceding everything within my being to fight for this man who's fought for me. But at the same time, I understand more and more, even through that situation, the oppressiveness of the enemy. But knowing that God is with Jesus, God is with us, and how, look what it says right here, he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. We say, Pastor Brian, why did Pastor Krause die? Listen, I'm not here to answer that question right now. I'm going to talk about the healing miracles of Jesus, but I, that's a good, legitimate question. All I know is when someone is to the point where they ask the Lord to come get them, 
the Lord will honor that, and he did that, and that's all there is to it. There's not much more I can say to that. When somebody wills to go on to be with the Lord, that's what they do, and that's what happens. And notice another thing about Jesus that's just so powerful. When Jesus was co confronted with various needs, look how he responded and reacted. He was so compassionate. Even though we're going to see through as we study a couple of these miracles in the days ahead, when people would interrupt him, how he would minister to one and minister to another and just flow beautifully into how things needed to be in helping people. I think it's the most awesome thing, our Lord and Savior. The greatest man to ever walk this earth is Jesus Christ. He is the most powerful, most beautiful, most awesome man that has ever walked this earth. And in studying his life, his ministry, especially his healing ministry, there's one thing I just want to bring to your attention that's fascinating to me, ladies and gentlemen. And, if, and we'll look at it, and you look at it, and you can, of course, read this book when I finish it. Uh, I mean, it's finished as far as the outline of each miracle. Of course, there's always room for improvement and things like that. Right now, I'm in the process of finding someone. I mean, check this out. This is a side note, but listen, this is pretty awesome. I'm finding someone one to draw each miracle of Jesus, okay? And uh, what I mean draw, I mean draw them really in a way that shows, you know, Jesus looking good. How do I say that? Not a, you know, Jesus that looks emancipated where he looks, you know, all weak. I'm talking about a powerful, good-looking Jesus, okay? And um, I'm really searching for that. I've been through, uh, I actually contacted this week The Chosen, you know, that movie series. I reached out to them, but uh, the one, the lady artist that did a rendering from them, nothing wrong with her work. I just didn't, I just did, it just didn't bear with me working with her. First of all, she's a, she's a church of Latter-day Saints and we just did doctrinally disagree. Okay. So about the Lordship of Jesus. And then I was working with a man in Nashville, even late last night, uh, looking at his work and looking at a friend of his work over in the, uh, in the Soviet Union and, uh, to see possibly if that would work because I really want to capture the, the document documentation of the, what I'm doing is a healing devotional. And it is simply this. It's just, it's just an outline of the miracle and the points of the miracle. But then to have the picture of the miracle drawn out. You know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. I think a picture is worth more than that sometimes. And so I want to have a beautiful picture of that miracle and the outline because I really want to, how do I say this, bring the healing ministry of Jesus back more into emphasis, promote it, Share it. Encourage it. Yes, we've had people that have passed away and have believed God for their healing and they passed away. Well, does that change the ministry of Jesus? No, it does not. But I want to emphasize this. I want to promote this. I want to pu uh, push this, if you'll allow me to say this, in a marketing term. Because I think there's some really powerful truths that we really don't understand about the healing ministry. For example, number one, listen to this. Jesus never prayed asking God to heal someone. He never and all 26 healing miracles. And by the way, there are a lot of other miracles. I'm not talking, when I say the healing miracles, please understand, I'm not talking about the feeding of 5,000 or things like that or turn the water to wine. Those are miracles within themselves, okay? I'm talking about the 26 healing miracles. Jesus never asked the Father to heal anyone. He commanded healing. He commanded the person to do something or respond in faith. I think that's so fascinating. And we'll see that as you look through the 26 miracles, there was a difference of authority the way Jesus prayed versus the way we pray. You know, most of us who prayed for people with healing, we ask God to heal, which is, I think is very appropriate. But there is that element of authority, and we're going to talk about that. And it's an area where we don't feel comfortable as believers, and I know it's, never, it's not emphasized a lot, but that is something to follow as far as the healing ministry of Jesus. Over in the book of Hebrews chapter 13, Hebrews chapter 13, 
Notice what it says here, Hebrews chapter 13. This is a classic verse of Scripture that actually I'm founding everything I'm talking on today. And Hebrews 13, 8, notice what it says. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So notice that. Let's just break it down for a minute. What's that mean? That means he's the same yesterday. That means he's not changed from what he did yesterday. That means today what he did yesterday he wants to do today. And what he wants to do tomorrow is the same thing he wanted to do today and yesterday. How about that? <laughs> Don't ask me to repeat that. So, no, seriously. I mean, really look at that. I mean, you know, a lot of times we have this as a great sticker on our refrigerator or whatever, and it, or a place in our Bible or even a Bible mark. It's a great verse of scripture. It's not that long and it sort of capture, captures what we feel about Jesus. But let's just really break it down that he is the same. Everybody say the same. The same yesterday, today, and forever. You say, well, Pastor Brian, I don't understand this healing of Jesus and the healing ministry of Jesus that much. And I don't know, I have all these questions and I sure have all these things that I've seen in my life. I understand that. But bottom line, bottom principle is simply this. He hasn't changed. And when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I would encourage you to please read the Synoptic Gospels. Please take the Synoptic Gospels. Listen to them. Learn to see Jesus truly clearly and what's seen there in the red and his life and his ministry and how he responded to people. You say, well, I don't see that in the earth today. I don't either to the degree I want to see it, but I do see it, but I have seen it, but I want to see it even more. And my job as a leader in the situation that I have, I'm not a worldwide famous leader and I don't acquire to be that necessarily. I just want to be the very best pastor that I can be, love people and demonstrate by example, pattern and model the ministry of Jesus in the earth to the responsibility I've been given. And ladies and gentlemen, I believe that that healing ministry, again, as some teach, has not passed away. Now, let me make it clear. There are many that believe and understand theologically in seminaries, even seminaries locally and, and to, the, to the education even I've had in the past. Uh, there are people that believe that these things have passed away. And I don't believe that they have. I believe that Jesus' ministry is still the same today as it was yesterday. Now, I realize, again, a lot of people don't believe that, but I do. And the answer of question, is it God's will to heal, is found very clearly in Matthew chapter 8, verse 2. There's a series of questions that I'm asking here, but, and I'm not going to get to all of them here because I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this in, in slow and methodically. But in Matthew chapter 8, notice what it says here. Matthew chapter 8, verse 2. Matthew chapter 8, verse 2. Notice what it says here. And when he came down, well, verse 1, it says, When he came down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Behold, a leper. Now notice this, a leper. This is a serious disease, is it not? Leprosy was bad. I mean, it had a stench to it. It had a smell to it. I mean, it was, it was, it was horrible to look at. And a leper approached you. That, that's the reason why I wanted to catch the, make the pictures, the drawings. Can you see where I'm coming from? I wanted to draw the compassion of Jesus reaching out to this leper. As a matter of fact, Paul Crouch Jr., a dear friend of mine, he's the... He's the son of Paul Crouch Sr. Remember Trinity Broadcasting Network and all that? Well, he's no longer with them. Matt Crouch has the network, and Paul's just an independent producer. And, and again, him and I want to come together and record the 26 miracles of Jesus. Uh, by the way, The Chosen has, has developed a set here outside of Joshua in the Azel area, and they're building a mini Jerusalem. And I give that production company a lot of credit uh, for what they're building over there to make more of those series. That is an awesome series, the movie, the movie series, The Chosen. But anyway, this is on a side note. Paul and I want to capture these miracles of Jesus and, 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 and 
and play them out in 26 video clips. And so that's a vision that we have because I really, again, I want to cheerlead Jesus' ministry of healing in the earth even more. And so um, anyway, notice what it says here about the leper. It says, the leper came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Or make, and, and notice what he said. He make him clean. I mean, he was dirty. I mean, it was horrible what a leper looked like, if you see the pictures of that. And look what Jesus said, beautifully capturing our Lord and Savior in verse number three. And Jesus, what did he do? He put his hand out to him. Oh, my gosh. Can you not see that in a picture or in a video? Isn't that awesome? I know I'm getting a little excited here, a little sidetracked, but please forgive me. It says he put his hand out and touched him. Uh, again, this man had leprosy. I noticed what I told you a while ago that Jesus commanded and spoke to things. But in this case, in leprosy, what did he do? He, what did he do? Touched him. And Jesus still is in the touching business today. He hasn't changed. He wants to touch your life today regardless of the hardest thing that you're going through. I must admit, this past week's a pretty hard week for me emotionally. A man that mentored me, loved me, helped me, supported me, gave thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to this church, to my life. I walk into my house every day, and I look at a brand new beautiful table that he just bought me a couple of months ago. And I had to go to that convention where I picked him up, took him, spent time with him, ate lunch with him, talked with him every single day, walked with him, talked with him, sat with him, worshiped with him, prayed with him, and sought God together with him. And you miss him. And you're thinking, what am I going to do with the healing ministry of Jesus? Has it changed? There's plenty of other subjects to talk about. Of course there is. But Jesus hasn't changed. And by the way, I saw a vision this week. I saw Virginia Bauer, I saw John Cook, I saw my dad, and I saw Bill Krause worshiping God, having the time of their lives, looking better than they've ever looked, and surely not missing us and saying, hey, if, you, if I was thinking about you, the only thought I'd have is, Grace, come on up here. Other than that, I'm not coming back to you. You can come to me. And, you know, I just had to, as my dad used to say, get up and go on. <laughs> <laughs> just got to get up and go on. That means you got to shake it off. Yeah, you miss them. Yes, you have a lot of questions, but you got to get up and go on and know that Jesus is who he is. He has not changed. Maybe we're missing it. Yes, we are missing it. Maybe there's more we need to understand. Absolutely. I'm telling you what I see that what Jesus said when he said these beautiful three words, I am willing be cleansed, and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. I'm telling you what, that Lord Jesus then is the same Lord Jesus now, and I love him just as much then as I do, you know, the day I was born again 39 years ago, and I want you to know that is the will of God today. I know people have gone on. I know things that happen. I know there's a lot of questions, but I've still got my eyes on him. I'm still seeking first the kingdom of God. I could care less about anything else other than Jesus Christ and glorifying him. And I had to fight through this week and fight through these four things that Bill Krause left with me. And these were his last four words to me and to, to all of us, basically. He said, number one, do not be mad at God. Number two, do not be mad at me. Number three, don't blame God. And number four, serve God and advance the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's what the mission that I'm on. 
And that's the mission of why I want to take us on, and I want to take us down this journey. Yes, there's a lot of questions, but let's go over to the Lord's Prayer quickly as we wrap this up, or we'll continue this on. I'm just, again, exploring this beautiful thing. Uh, my apologies, we're not really have the time to get into a miracle that I want to get to, but we're going to look at these miracles over the next couple of weeks, and we're going to look at some people that dealt with problems for years and years and years. I mean, long time believe in God. Some people, 18 years that they were believing for a miracle to happen in their bodies. And we're going to look at that all, all of a sudden, instantly, Jesus came into their life and set them free. So if you're believing for God something, and if it's been of a long continuation, hey, don't give up because that is still possible. Notice what it says here in Matthew chapter six. This is familiar verse of scripture in the Lord's prayer, but let's just go over it real quick in verse nine. It says, Jesus said in this manner, therefore pray our father in heaven, hallowed or praise be unto you, to be to your name, excuse me, your kingdom come, your will be done. And notice that phrase in verse 10, I think it's interesting, everybody. What does it say? On where? On earth is it is where? On heaven. So the will of God should be on the earth as it is in heaven. And to all those people I just mentioned a while ago, and to your family members and mine, and to friends that have gone on to be with the Lord, is there any sickness and disease in heaven? No. Is there a pharmacy in heaven? Nope. Is there a hospital in heaven? And guess what? There's not a funeral home in heaven, <laughs> nor a cemetery. <laughs> so you can forget about all those cemeteries and all those things that we see and the things we have in the earth. None of those things are in heaven. And by the way, all these people that I just mentioned, you need to, as, well, Grace did have a picture of John when he looked a little bit younger when we were celebrating his life Saturday. But these people look like they're in their 30s. There's no aging in heaven, okay? There is no canes and there's no motor scooters. There's no Geritol and there's sure no dentures up there. Hallelujah! <laughs> and I believe there's a Dairy Queen where you can eat all the Frosties or whatever you want to eat, whatever they have at Dairy Queen. Anyway, you say, Pastor, Pastor Brian, will there be fat people in heaven? Now, don't push it. All right, here we go. <laughs> so I don't know about all those answers. I was with Jesse DePlans a couple of days ago. I guess I could ask him. He's, he's been there, of course. But anyway, moving right along beyond that, the most important thing here is this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All seriousness aside, what is the question? We want to pray and we want to believe that God have things on earth as they are in heaven. And there's no sickness and disease. There's no cancer. And there is sure no disease of any type there. And is there sickness or disease of any type in heaven? The answer is absolutely not. The real question is, has the healing ministry of Jesus ended? No, it hasn't. No, it has not. Has it been set aside? I believe it has. But that doesn't change the fact of what we're supposed to do. I want to open something up over in Matthew chapter 28. We'll just wrap it up with this, but at least or put it on pause. As they say, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 and 19 and 20. These are the Great Commission, but I've talked about this before, but I think sometimes it's labeled the Great Omission, as it says here in Matthew chapter 28. Notice what it says, Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse number 18. And the 11 disciples, well, excuse me, in verse 16, and the 11 disciples were in, went away to Galilee and to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And verse number 17, and when he saw them, they worshiped him and some doubted. And in verse number 18, Jesus came and he said to them, notice this, all authority, everybody say all authority. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Now, what's the first word of the verse 19 of Matthew chapter 28? What's that first word? Go. That's right. Thank you. Well, what does that mean? That's an action word, is it not? It said, go and do what? 
Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. By the way, if you've never been baptized in water, please contact us here. We want to use our facilities here and see you baptized in water and experience the beautiful thing of being water baptized. If you've never been baptized, please contact us. And by the way, notice what it says, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now notice the next verse after the word go in verse number 19. Verse 20, teaching them to observe what? All things, not part of things, but not some things, not to put away some things because you don't understand them, but teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you and know that I'm with you always to the end of the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the commission. That is the great commission. But so many times it's been the great omission. And people are scared to do the first word of verse number 19, which is the word go. But I want to work on, if you allow me to say that, or I want to strengthen you to have a better go in your goer, <laughs> if you allow me to say that. Seriously, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can have a stronger go. And a stronger go is a stronger you. And a stronger you helping others is what God has called you to do. Yes, you're to minister to yourself. Of course, you're to minister to your family, especially if you're married and have a spouse. Yes, those are priority one. But that word go is for us to go and not be ashamed, but not to go in the strength of ourselves, but in the strength of the Lord. Mark chapter 16. Let me close with this. Mark chapter 16. And then we'll pray. Mark 16, verse number number 15. However, verse 14, we'll back up to that. Mark 16, 15. Now, if you go to most seminaries, they will tell you that Mark chapter 16 uh, this has been omitted, that actually this book stops at verse number uh, 13. However, I don't believe that. I, I believe that the complete version that you have right now in your Bible is Mark chapter 16, verses 14 through 20. I know that, again, some seminaries teach that that's been omitted. And you know why they do that? It's because they don't understand what Jesus was saying here. I believe this is a part of the Great Commission. Let's just break it down for just a minute as I close, and we'll discuss this more, talking about the healing ministry of Jesus, especially as we look in the book of Acts and go parallel back and forth and look at the 26 miracles of Jesus. Hey, believe God with me for that right artist, okay? I'm serious. Y'all believe God with me for the right artist to capture that. I know I have the right person for the film production. I mean, Paul Crouch is, is the person. Him and I are in agreement on this production partnership. Also, um, Again, now that we have what we have here locally with the uh, chosen set here and uh, Dustin uh, Dallas Jenkins, and we can partner with him. Paul has worked with him or knows him. And so I'm excited about that. But I want the right artist, even though I do have in my heart possibly um, to, if, if we couldn't find the right artist, that we could create the actual, like they did with the uh, movie The Passion, and make a picture of Jesus actually touching someone or ministering to someone. Um, you know, build the whole scene and make a picture of it, a live photograph. Again, these, this, this is the vision in my heart. All this to brag, to promote the healing ministry of Jesus and to get this devotional out where people will study more and more and not omit the Great Commission, but impart to the Great Commission a commitment from themselves. Verse 14, Mark 16. It says, later he appeared the 11. He sat at the table and what did he do? He rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. Hello? <laughs> wow. What's that? Because it says it clearly because they did not believe. Well, hey, I'm going to believe. I don't have all the answers, not going to have all the answers, but I'm going to keep on believing. My believer is going to be strong. My believer is going to be solid. And I'm just going to keep on believing. I want you to keep on believing whatever you're facing. Notice what it says there in verse 15. He said to them after this rebuke, 
that he, about his resurrection and about them not believing. He said, you go into all the world and you preach this gospel to every creature. What's the gospel? The good news of Jesus Christ. That's the good news. And notice what it says in verse 16. Here's the problem that people have. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Watch this in verse 17. And these signs, everybody say these signs. Notice that one more time. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will, what? They will have authority over the devil. Again, Jesus is going back to us following his healing ministry. What did he do in his healing ministry? He commanded healing. He, listen, Jesus wasn't just going around saying, hey, I'm the boss, you know, and that's it. Yes, he was the boss, but he was saying, hey, I'm the son of man as well as the son of God, and I'm taking authority in my father's name over this healing and disease because it doesn't have the right to exist in your body. And notice that what he was talking about, taking authority over the enemy. It says they will speak with new tongues. That is that supernatural prayer language that we've talked about before. That is the relationship we all need to continue to have with the Holy Spirit. And notice what it says in the next verse, in verse 18. They will take up serpents. No, that's not meaning snake handling. That means having authority over the enemy. Okay, as it says clearly in the book of Acts, how they took authority over the serpent Paul did that came out of there. He shook it off. What does that mean, taking authority over serpents? Remember who the snake is representative in the, in the Garden of Eden? The devil. You take authority over the enemy, okay? Yes, we take authority over snakes. I don't like snakes personally, okay? There was a lady the other day says, I have a pet snake in my home. Praise the Lord. You keep that pet snake in your home, and I'll never come to visit you, okay? I'm not going to come to your house and visit you. I don't care if it's in a cage. There's only one thing for a snake in my life, and that is to be D-E-A-D, dead. <laughs> so <laughs> Pastor Brian does not like snakes, and he does not like hairy spiders either, okay? So praise the Lord. We have authority over them. I have three words for snakes and spiders. Kill, kill, kill. Anyway, verse number 18. And they will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing. Notice what that means. There is a supernatural protection to the believer. But ladies and gentlemen, here's the beauty of verse number 18. All these things of our authority and all these things that we have, we'll lay hands on the sick, and they'll what? They're supposed to recover. They're supposed to get better. But you know what? Our job is not the recovery part. Our job is what in verse number 18? It's to lay hands on people. It's to minister Jesus Christ and his healing redemptive power. And I want to help you do that. I want to better do that. I want us to better do that because the world is not looking for religion. They're looking for the real Jesus Christ. And I want him to find it in you and I. Lord Jesus, we submit and commit ourselves to you, spirit, soul, and body. I thank you that you are still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord Jesus, we just commit ourselves to you. And we just ask that your, not only your presence through the Holy Spirit be even greater, but manifest through us so that we can do the, through that word go and minister to people like we never have before, but be the witness of your ministry power and not only in our lives, but in the lives of others in your mighty name, in Jesus' name. Let's all say this together. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you're the healer, that you're my freedom, that you're our freedom. And today, right now, I receive your healing life, your power, your freedom in me, spirit, soul, and body. Every situation I submit to you as my healer, as my freedom, as my peace of my mind, of my body, my family, 
and the ability to help others. I commit it to you. And in Jesus' name, Satan, what you've stolen, you will restore sevenfold because Jesus is Lord. And I trust him in his mighty name. Amen. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. And if you need anything concerning that relationship with him, I want to encourage you to please contact us here at Metroplex Family Church. If you need prayer about anything, you please see me after the service. We're here to pray with you. We're here to agree with you. You can text me or call me and let me know if there's anything I can agree with you in prayer about. We want to promote this ministry of Jesus, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you're having a surgery, you're having a procedure, we're going to believe that Jesus Christ is that present power in your life to heal, to deliver, to set free. Does he use doctors? Absolutely. Does he use medicine? Absolutely. But Jesus Christ is still the healer. And there was not medical doctors like there is today, even though the book of Luke is a doctor recording the miracles of Jesus. And we're going to look at many of those in the days ahead. And thank God that Luke was very descriptive in what he said about Jesus' healing ministry. But thank God we can believe God for supernatural healing in our bodies and our minds. And again, I would encourage you, if you don't have a doctor of faith and you please see me, I can recommend some to you as I've done with others. And they are good, precious men and women of God that I have confidence in. But bottom line is, I would rather you do that, but at the same time, I'd rather you take this book, especially this New Testament, and by the way, it's in the Old Testament too, and continue seeking, searching, proclaiming, and receiving your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's not just a Savior. He's still a deliverer. He's still a freer of people's minds and bodies. And by the way, we do live in a curse. And we'll talk about that later. There is a curse of sin. There is a curse of sickness. And there is a satanic enemy. As I said the other day in John 10, 10, I refer to it often. Jesus Christ came to give us life, but Satan's still on a threefold mission of killing, stealing, and destroying. And every day you face that, every day I face that, but I have good news for you today. That enemy has still been defeated, and we're going to still enforce that enemy. And as I said earlier about the beautiful things of heaven, thank God Satan will not be in heaven. <laughs> Amen.